0: Hello, I'm Dr. Beverly Wright, Executive Director of the Business Analytics Center at Georgia Tech. This is the Analytics Buzz, a podcast about trends, tools, techniques, and talent related to data science and analytics. Our podcast uses an interview format with industry and academic leaders and is intended for analytics-interested business professionals from the U.S. and beyond. Thank you again for listening to the Analytics Buzz. With us today, we have Nicolas Vasiliglou. And we're talking about an overview of machine learning with applications. Nicholas, tell us about yourself. Why are you so cool?
1: (laughs) Uh, First of all, thank you, Beverly, for uh, hosting this today. Uh, I don't know if I'm cool. (laughs) Um, So I came here 15 years ago at Georgia Tech to do my PhD on something that was supposed to be very hot those days, which was signal processing. But, uh, you know, I was a little bit unlucky because it was after its peak. So it was actually not becoming uh, as popular as it used to be when <laughs> I, um, I've i learned about it. Uh, but at some point in 2004, I did an internship at Google. And uh, I realized the value of big data. And uh, I saw where things were we're going. I, I could see that you know machine learning was something that was going to be very important. So uh, when I came back, I was supposed to graduate, and I basically studied from scratch. I said that's not signal processing anymore. I want to work with big data and machine learning. So I got my PhD a little bit late. <laughs> I got delayed for three years um, in what was then called scalable machine learning, and a lot of people didn't know about it. Uh, and uh, Then uh, I started working in the industry, building uh, machine learning systems and platforms uh, with application to retail and uh, uh, security, internet security. I'm also the technical chair of uh, a machine learning conference called MLConf, which Mm -hmm. is uh, happening in uh, one week in New York, uh, April 15th. Uh, But it's also going to be here in Atlanta this September, uh, where we're basically trying to bridge the gap between um, industry and uh, academic research, we are basically trying to bring as much as we can from uh, uh, research uh, back to the industry.
0: Cool, that sounds a lot like what we do at the center. Very <laughs> nice. Okay, so you run a conference called MLConf. Is that how you? It's it's ML for machine learning, mm-hmm. and then C O N F. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yes, that's right. Uh, and you guys are coming to Atlanta in September. You got your PhD in what was called scalable machine learning. Interesting. And you spent some time in industry. Very nice. So let's talk about, um, just to set the stage, what the heck is machine learning? People talk about it all the time, and you probably get asked this question every day almost, but tell us what is machine learning?
1: Machine learning is a formal, it's a mathematical way of modeling uh, the human cognition, Mm -hmm. uh, if you want my opinion. And I can give you a very simple example.
0: Uh, Hang on a second. So... We're looking at a systematic way of replicating kind of the way people think, right? Uh, That's what I believe. Okay, gotcha. Well, I wanted to tie in on that just a tad for a second. Um, So what you believe, and if we want your opinion, does that mean there's not a universally accepted um, definition? Are there still kind of some variations?
1: So if we want it to be mathematical, it will be what I said in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's a a combination of these three areas of pure Mm -hmm. uh, sciences, uh, statistics, uh, linear algebra and optimization. optimization. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but we still have some debate over exactly what it really is.
1: You know, uh, some people claim that, uh, I mean, there's another name like artificial. Is there a difference between artificial intelligence and machine learning um, or inductive logic? You know, there's this book recently from uh, Pedro Domingos, The uh, Master Algorithm, where it basically tries to kind of like put all these different areas together. Uh, You know, in the beginning, people used to work with um, uh, logic to build robots and uh, model uh, reasoning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now they're using deep learning, which is something more has to do with uh, matrix multiplications and linear algebra and probabilities. Interesting. Uh, These were two different words. At some point, they came together. Uh, But, you know, if we talk to the average person, I would like to say that, you know, in the past, uh, if you wanted to um, make a decision... You would just look one or two parameters, and you would uh, form some if-then-else logic. You would mm-hmm. say that, you know, uh, if somebody has long hair, and um, uh, you know his weight is less than you know 150 pounds, uh, and his body shape has these you know, uh, ratios. Uh, you put some thresholds. say, I think he's a woman, or he's he, you know, he a woman, or he is a man, mm-hmm. okay? Now, the problem is that the human brain can only keep track of two or three parameters at the mm-hmm. same time, mm-hmm. okay? And then um, you get a sample, you create these thresholds, you use a little bit your brain, and you make some rules. I mean, if you ask a lot of people in the industry, um, when they make decisions, they usually create some metrics where they, you know, have four or five thresholds, mm-hmm. and... Uh, you know, they play with them and they give you uh, uh, an answer. Now, imagine where you have a system that doesn't only have five metrics, but has thousands or millions of metrics, and uh, the thresholds uh, are also dependent. You mm-hmm. know, It means that if the weight is above that and the length is below that, then... You know, take decision A. Yeah, and so you can split your space in in different if-then-else rules. What I just described is right now the decision tree, which is probably the most popular machine learning algorithm. It's very easy to explain to people.
0: So you come up with, and and from a human perspective, the Mm -hmm. cognition that's going through, um, you might not realize it, right? Mm -hmm. So there might be, you know, like you were saying, there's a certain weight, there's a certain hair, there's a certain build, Mm -hmm. and you go, oh, female. And so maybe it requires the person to be deliberate and aware, so that that can be programmed systematically.
1: Okay, so your brain, for example, when you process images, you you know you this thing is happening automatically. These rules, this uh, you know system is already built for you. This right. is you know what we're trying to do right now with deep learning. Mm-hmm. When we go to non-subconscious, um, you know, operations like um, uh, vision or speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, we are trying to create a model on our own. Basically, we're mimicking ourselves. Yeah. It's, kind of <laughs> it's kind of strange. But as I said, a person can only keep track of very few parameters and very few cases that he can or she can analyze. Now, you know, with the help of mathematics, we find a way to keep track of thousands of millions of them uh, and, all, and all possible combinations between them so that we can actually... Uh, build the systems that uh, can do what they can do these days, you know, gotcha. these amazing things.
0: Gotcha. Are, are we worth modeling? I mean, as humans, because isn't, what do you do about all the noise? Like the heuristics make sense. You know, A happens, B happens under this C condition, then therefore it must be X. Hmm. So I get the heuristics part of it, but what about all these crazy things that we do as human beings that aren't necessarily logical? Does, is that something that we try to mimic?
1: So, you know, it's interesting that you <laughs> mentioned that question uh, I was uh, reading a book recently from uh, a physicist. Uh, I know you like your books. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. Uh, and uh, it was like about quantum physics. And he said that the only way that we have to generate, the only tool that the human has uh, to generate knowledge is imagination. Mm. Okay. So mm. this is what, um, you know, c- creates new opportunities. Like all the theories, apparently they're coming from, some random process in our brain that keeps creating words, like, you know, something like our dreams. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, that goes beyond the limits of reasoning because the limits of logic. Uh, And, you know, he was uh, identifying that this is, uh, you know, the unique thing that we have as humans. And that's where the future of physics is going to come.
0: Interesting. Uh,
1: I believe the same thing. So, that, that's a very difficult part to mm-hmm. model. You know, I think we have to make a distinction. We call, uh, uh, we, we, we often talk about prediction or mm-hmm. predictive models. In reality, what we're building is more like planning models, like mm-hmm. things that learn from the past and they can replicate the past to the future. Mm-hmm. If there is an event that is completely unknown, like the black swan, something that never has happened before, mm-hmm. and it's completely new, uh, we haven't really uh, seen it statistically happening at all. There's no way you can describe it with the statistics. Then it's impossible right now mm. to predict. All these advances you've seen like, recently with the Go game, these are things that um, they basically, you know, although a big space, it's finite, and... Uh, um, you know, we're trying to mine them and, and make predictions. So actually, we're trying to make a plan how to win the game mm-hmm. by, you know, mining the past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it would have been impossible, for example, to predict, uh, you know, electricity
0: mm-hmm. before, it,
1: before it existed. Yeah.
0: Like, what is there to go on? Nothing. <laughs> There's no history. Yes. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned imagination. I had a conversation with um, Terry Deacon at UC Berkeley. I think he's an anthropologist. And uh, we were talking about what are the areas that can't be emulated. And you talked about imagination. And he said something similar. Um, we talked about the, the three C's being creativity, curiosity, and caring. And so those were some of the ones that we felt um, uh, There are conversations that were maybe unique. I don't want to misspeak on his behalf, but that's some of the things that we talked about in that area. What would you say about the, um, the caring aspect as far as humans? Is that something that can be emulated?
1: So... Now, uh, you're touching another interesting and hot topic right now in machine learning, which has to do with um, uh, the ethics in machine learning, Mm. you know. So, we've actually seen, okay, modeling emotions, that's uh, very difficult. Uh, I don't think, and we don't really know what emotions are and if they can be modeled with math. But uh, we we've seen machine learning being very unethical and unemotional mm. uh, when it comes to when it's like unattended. You probably heard about the the Microsoft kind of like fiasco with uh Twitter chatterbox that uh, became a racist. And uh, this um, this main in, in uh, MLConf Seattle, we have a whole session about showing example where you know statistics go on bad and they mm. started. You know, there's all sorts of things where. Uh, they figure out that machine learning, you know, can do discrimination mm-hmm. between men and women, kind of like show jobs that they are, on the average, lower paid. and um, is, also, it, is it
0: really just highlighting what we're doing as humans in some ways, or what do you think?
1: You know, it is, in a sense. You know, there is this um, co- causality does not imply causality, or I might be confusing. Correlation the, does yeah, not. Yeah, co- correlation does not mean, yeah, the correlation does not mean causation, which means that, you know, statistically... Um, you know, I'm from Greece. Uh, if uh, you hire, you know, 10 contractors in the, your house from Greece and uh, 9 out of 10, um, uh, you know, do a bad job, you know, statistically you will say that Greeks are dishonest people. Okay? Hmm. So you mm-hmm. picked up a sample. Uh, and now if you say that, uh, uh, the Greek embassy will, you know, protest and say that you're a racist against Greeks. So people tend, you know, to make, you know, to find statistical correlation. So that's, that's, you know, you got a ground truth, even statistically, that could be, you know, mm-hmm. for your case, um, a reality. Now, it's a very strong argument to judge people based on their origin, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's like, you know, say, you know, if, if you like, if you extend that and you say, you know, uh, Greeks are uh, dishonest people, because that's their DNA, you know, that's racism, obviously. Now, if, if you just say that, you know, they are dishonest because they don't understand our value system, um, then that's a different thing. So by just what I'm trying to say is that by just looking, you know, the the tip of the iceberg and make generalizations without looking what's going all the way down mm-hmm. has this big risk, you know, of, um, um, you know, Coming up to wrong examples, you know. But gotcha. well, if you know, if we if we take students from an underdeveloped country here, uh, you know, we just take them from a third world country uh, and we bring them to Georgia Tech all of a sudden, and they don't do well, you know, making the assumption that these people uh, uh, are you know are are not smart or are not clever. It's, a, it's a, that's racism, and it's a, it's a, it's a bad you know inference because the reason why might they might not do well is because they didn't have you know. Good education or good so it's like related yes. to something doesn't yes. ne- so, necessarily
0: mean it's causing. So it yes. sounds like there's um, a good bit of controversy and um, there's some sensitivity with you know, say modeling emotions and what does it say about us as a human and the way we behave? It sort of highlights several areas where we are. But what are some examples of where machine learning does make sense? I can definitely understand some areas where it doesn't, but what about where where it doesn't make sense?
1: Oh, machine learning makes sense, you know, everywhere. Now, you know, if if you think about the fact that our world is dominated uh, uh, by data and uncertainty and noise, because one of the things that machine learning is trying to do is, you know, quantify the noise and remove it Mm -hmm. and find out the pattern underneath. uh, It's everywhere. You know, I kind of like think there's four types of applications in machine learning. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one is the, are the machine learning companies that they do well when the economy does well. Okay. So the queen of them is online advertisement. Mm. Okay. So these type of companies, when people are buying, they can optimize, you know, improve the margins. Uh, and, you know, the whole internet is, is driven on that. So, but obviously these companies, they don't do well when the, com- the, the, the you know, the economy is mm-hmm. going down because mm-hmm. people, if they don't have money, no matter how well you advertise, you know, they're not going to buy. Right. Then you have companies that uh, they do extremely well when the economy is going down. And these are, you know, cases where you're trying to cut costs. Like, for example, in retail, Mm -hmm. uh, improving your predictions on perishable uh, products uh, can tremendously uh, improve, you know, uh, wastage. You know, you're not wasting anymore. Um, or, you know, in preventative maintenance, for example, where you have an expensive machinery and if you can predict the machine is going to go down and uh, you can stop it and uh, do the, the maintenance, that can, you know, save you tens of millions of dollars because, you know, if there's a malfunction and you need to replace several parts and the production goes down and you haven't scheduled your deliveries, it can have huge costs. So. Um, we kind of like see that. It has to do with everybody. You know, when when the economy is going down, that's where we're trying to put our finances and kind of like, you know, you go through your credit card bill and you say, I don't need this, I don't need this, I don't need this. So we saw that in um, the crisis of 2008, 2009. That's where I was starting my career uh, where a lot of companies, a lot of retailers all of a sudden started, you know, asking about software that can help them optimize their supply chain, you know, the prediction, the orders, something they could have done before but there was no need. Uh, now, all of a sudden, they had to uh, reduce the cost. It's like, you know, energy when the oil was like $5 per uh, uh, per, per, per barrel. You know, um, nobody was paying attention. We were buying cars that they would consume a lot of energy. Now, you know, we're much more careful. Yeah. Now, the third type of the companies, which I really, really like, are the companies that they actually try to um, generate products from zero mm-hmm. with machine learning. And these are... There are not that many companies.
0: No, no. Uh, tell us what you mean by. It. So, so
1: that's what I mean. So, for example, there are companies that uh, they're using machine learning to create new drugs. You mm-hmm. know, in the pharmaceutical industry, mm-hmm. um, they haven't been quite successful yet. They're investing a lot of money of trying to, you know, predict how a protein folds and which substances I have to put together so that um, I can um i i I can uh, you know attach it to a specific cell or virus and uh and and basically you know be successful. We see that with materials uh where we're you know testing different scenarios uh, where we're trying to find you know uh, combinations that uh, lead to materials with specific properties. We actually have a, a pretty good center here at georgia Tech mechanical engineering uh, and uh, it's very interesting that uh you know, with machine learning, they could very easily predict which ones they would have to manufacture. So, and manufacturing these materials takes time and costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So they were actually able to uh, manufacture, you know, material with specific properties at a specific level. Mm-hmm. So basically, this is kind of like a factory. You just have uh, the machine mm-hmm. working out for you. It's like a supercomputer, and at some point, after I don't know how long, it comes up with uh, uh, something you can patent and uh, and you know. Make a lot of money so, so the,
0: the, the three just to summarize real quick um, the three areas of application the first you mentioned was online advertising.
1: I would just say you know uh, cases where companies that they do well mm-hmm. where the economy, you know the economy does well you can you can think about Netflix, for example, you know mm-hmm. uh, movies that's where you know we it completely changed the 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 whole scenario of video clubs uh, by being able to um, um, predict, uh, recommend movies that you really like, or, you know, think about recommender systems in retail, like Amazon, Mm -hmm. how much they're boosting the sales and how much they can um, uh, increase the profits by being able to push the right product to the right customer. But of course, as I said, no matter how good recommendations Amazon makes to you, if you don't have money, you're mm-hmm. not going to buy them. Right, right, So right. that requires, you know, the economy to do well.
0: Right, I understand. Okay, so the first being um, those recommendation systems that we're seeing, those are all mm-hmm. machine learning mm-hmm. driven. Uh, the second one, you talked about optimizing supply chain.
1: Yeah, so basically reducing cost. Reducing cost. Re- reducing cost. Okay. That's what I would
0: say. And then third, you're talking about um, generating products from zero. Now, in marketing, we called those new, new products. And that's not yes. that's, that's actually what they're called, new, <laughs> new products. So something that's never been done before, like the first iPod, the closest thing that was even around, and I'm really showing <laughs> my age here, was the boom box that used to walk around on your shoulder.
1: <laughs> I remember it very well. <laughs> uh, see, there
0: you go. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's what you mean by generating products from zero. What's that fourth area of application?
1: So the fourth area is the one that is completely independent of the economy. It has to do with, you know, our uh, security and existence. I'm mm. talking about, you know, security companies. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter whether the economy is doing well
0: mm-hmm.
1: or, or bad, but security um, now fraud. That,
0: that's a good application because of the uh, the mere volume, there's just like an incredible amount of volume. Yeah. Or? And
1: it's, you know, surprising and it's, it's, it's horrible and uh, alarming. Uh, the, the cost of that and mm-hmm. the effect on the economy, you probably heard about the FBI uh, fraud where they install a ransomware on your laptop and they say, you know, FBI is watching you. Right. It's a scam, you know, and you have to pay them. It's, you know, the, we, we, we're not used to being blackmailed, as right right that yeah. I mean uh, yeah, there are some people that they blackmail, but it's very rare. Mm. I think the average person never had a case that he was blackmailed for money in his mm-hmm. life, and all of a sudden and, and it's, it, it's really you know um stressful the way that happens mm. uh, they, the The way they do it is they, you know they, they lock your computer and say, you know you have to pay me a hundred dollars. And if you don't pay me five hours, this $100 is going to become $200. Oh, wow. So it, it's really... Um, I,
0: yeah, I would be very stressed. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it's... Uh, so security, you know, and now with uh, uh, security, internet security, but it's also, you know, uh, physical security right. okay. uh, about, you know, handing down terrorists. Mm-hmm. terrorists and, um,
0: Interesting. So that's a good application. That's great. That we, at least a, we have something that we yeah, can do Yeah, we now. do.
1: We can, we can do much better right now. It's yeah. surprising how quickly... Uh, law enforcement can track down people with, you know, with all this technology.
0: Okay. Two last questions, Mm because I know you got to go pretty soon. What would you say the future holds for machine learning? Is it more of the same, just in more areas, or is it shifting?
1: You know, we kind of like focus on the exotic uh, products, like the stuff we hear every day from, uh, or not every day, but every month or so from DeepMind and Mm -hmm. uh, other kind of like... uh, uh, exotic companies, mm-hmm. but I think the big uh, 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 the big bet over there is to diffusion of machine learning to to the excel user mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so anyway, let 's go back forty years when databases came, and uh, all of a sudden we had all these big corporations where they had to switch from you know paper records to electronic records, and how much this boosted you know their uh, productivity to the point that there's no way you can start a company without having a database right, right now. Right. It's impossible. I think that's what is going to happen in the future. You know, it won't be possible to have a company without uh, a machine learning functionality. I wow, mean, we, that's we, a bold statement. We we already know that. I mean, think about Netflix. Netflix started about you know sending CDs and DVDs to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, was, it had nothing to do with machine learning. Mm-hmm. Right now, if the CEO of Netflix says, you know, I'm shutting down, uh, you know, my machine learning department, which is, you know, a great one, or Amazon does that, mm-hmm. then that, you know, it's a what disaster. What are they going to do, they're, right? They're not, they're not going right. to exist.
0: Yeah, so it's becoming um, a core
1: function. Yeah, it's becoming a core function. Like your thinking about like using paper versus uh, a database Like how unproductive you are that your company could not sustain the competition. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to waste so much time. Your costs are going to be so high. Mm -hmm. The same thing is going to happen with, you know, Machine learning. So right. I think that's the bed. We have to educate. You have to educate. You know. That's why we're uh, here. You know, <laughs> the here. new, the current generation. I think for the next generation, machine learning and data science is going to go all the way down to high school. Yes. Like you know, computer science. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the biggest challenge to educate, uh, you know, the current generation and you know, the mm-hmm. people that have already been in the market. Okay. So, so it's
0: going to become more, uh, more application areas, more fundamental to yes. what we're doing, more of a driver of strategy. Mm-hmm. And something that sounds like that we just, we can count on being there because it needs to be. Um, And then my last question, what one piece of advice would you give for um, someone in analytics looking to learn more about machine learning?
1: You know, there's two schools over here. Um, I'll tell you the popular one. I'll tell you the other one that I believe. So um, right now there's like so many blogs and uh, so many uh, machine learning competitions and, uh, and boot camps. Uh, that you can go and very quickly, kind of like, catch up to mm-hmm. what's going on. So one thing that has proven very effective is just go and follow Kaggle competitions and try to replicate them. Learn a language, um, but I was always a big fan of uh, you know this book like uh, Thinking Slow from uh, uh, and Thinking Slow and uh, Fast from what was that from Kahneman the 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 Nobel the no- yes so the two ways the two modes of thinking no. You okay. C- can't remember the title. So right
0: read now. a book, go to a So co-
1: uh, my, you know, I would, you know, I think if you can take one year off mm-hmm. to do a full degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, so, because basically when you come to Georgia Tech here, mean, you know, I ha- just happened to teach a course this, uh, this year at Georgia Tech. And what I'm advising my students is that, you know, take advantage of the time you have right now. Right. Okay. So I think if you're going to do it, you know, and, and you have the luxury of the time, you know.
0: Before life gets crazy
1: complicated. Because life gets, exactly. <laughs> take the time to take a year off uh, to do it properly. Mm-hmm. I do like, I do believe in books. I like reading books because mm-hmm. things tend to be more, you know, concise. Right now there's a lot of information out there. It's kind of like hard to um, uh, to find out what's, you know, um, Good and what is bad, and mm-hmm. you can waste your time. But I think uh, taking a year or two off to do a proper master's mm-hmm. um, pays off. I'm not. I'm not against uh, boot camps. You know, I, I've seen uh, incredible results. I've seen. You know, there's a lot of like PhDs right now from chemistry or physics or math that um, they. You know, they were already you know, well-educated uh, uh, around the fundamental blocks of machine learning, and the bootcamp gave them the opportunity to do the translation from one to the other very quickly and be successful um, in, in, on the business side, you know.
0: Very nice. Awesome. Well, we will conclude because I know you have to be somewhere. So thank you again, uh, Dr. Nick Vassiloglu, <laughs> for talking about an overview of machine learning with applications as part of the Analytics Buzz. Mm-hmm.
1: Thanks very much for hosting, and I hope to see, you know, um, our audience um, uh, to one of the MLConfs. Uh, they're happening in five different cities, London, New York, Seattle, Atlanta, and of course, San Francisco, the biggest one.
0: Very nice. That's
1: where machine learning lives. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you again. Thanks again for listening to The Analytics Buzz, a podcast about trends, tools, techniques, and talent related to data science and analytics. Please connect with the Business Analytics Center at Georgia Tech via our website. And join my network on LinkedIn, Dr. Beverly Wright, Executive Director of the Business Analytics Center. Thanks again and have a great data set.